Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. It's stats time. No, this is not Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride. I'm sorry that it's not for you ride or die crew out there, one of which I am, but I digress. I hope you still are here to to check me out. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed Monday's show of Let's Ride, where I joined Jeff, where we went over some team needs and everything. He asked me last minute, hey, you want to come in and and, uh, and get it on the action? I'm like, sure, sounds fun. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to check that one, go back to Monday with uh, with Jeff's Let's Ride. And we broke down, it was Jeff's second time of looking at the Steelers' biggest team needs. I went back and looked at it. I'm like, ah, there's another one in there that I should have probably had a little bit higher. Is um um, the tight end position, that that's still something they're going to need to address. But we're actually going to talk about the tight end position with one thing coming up here in the second half of the show. As always, I am constantly looking for stats questions. And today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do one of my stats questions for the first half and another one of the stats question that I got for the second half. So thank you to those out there that are getting me the questions. If you are one of those listening and you would like to get a question, Please, please, please go for it. STLR Superfandad is my Twitter handle. STLR Superfandad at gmail.com is my email. I will take questions either spot. Today, we're going one that I got from email, one that I got from Twitter. I am ready for this. I need your information. I want to know what numbers you want to know about. And and you're going to see how it goes today that sometimes the answer almost leads to more questions. Ooh, I'm going to set that up a little bit. So um, before we dive into that, obviously, since you're, if this is available very early on a Thursday morning, I'm recording it late on Wednesday, Wednesday night. And uh, today was the day that Kevin Colbert, Steelers general manager, spoke with the media. Lots of quotes about that. I had an article behind the steelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, um, that that talked about where Colbert didn't exactly say the things that like he said in the past when in terms of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I know part of that could be because they're going to be doing some negotiating with trying to work out um, what's going on with Ben. They've already said. They're not going forward with his contract the way it is now. They're going to have to either redo, you know, do it as an extension or reworking, all those things. Everyone wants to say restructure, but that's not the right term because you can't strictly restructure his contract because there's only a year left. In order to restructure it, meaning how it's going to be structured, I mean, sure, they could turn more of it into different things, but it's just not going to work quite right. They have to add years onto it and then change how it's structured. So in other words, is it kind of restructured? Yeah, but it's more of a, of a, of a structure within an extension. You have to add something else into it in order for that to happen. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the second half in regards to Ben Roethlisberger and his salary, because that's just going to be one small part of a bigger question that I'm going to be answering. So there was a a lot of information there, but what I wanted to just touch on real quick before we dove into this question was the fact that in the past, Kevin Colbert has always been adamant. You know, Ben's our guy. This is what's going on. Not the same tone, not the same tone at all. 
Um, he's like, hey, we want Ben back. Ben wants to be back. We have to see if we can make it work. So they're basically acknowledging there's a chance that they can't make it work. Very interesting, in, in, in my opinion, with that. So there's some other nuggets of information that he dropped in there that we'll have more coverage of that at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that you can cover those things. But I just thought I'd at least mention it because, you know, almost a year ago, you're hearing Kevin Colbert talk about, well, for all we know, Ben's arm could be even better next year than it has been. And and things of that sort. And you kind of saw a rejuvenated Ben Roethlisberger for part of the season, but then you also saw the ages catching up to me to play this many games, Ben Roethlisberger getting dinged up, you know, maybe possibly having some knee problems. We don't know exactly what was going on, but there's also a lot, awful lot that went wrong with the Steelers late in the season that was not on Ben Roethlisberger as well. Some of it was, a lot of it wasn't. So, Rather than focus too much on that, I want to get to this question. First question that I have, I got via email. This is from Bryce Cato from Hawaii, because he says aloha from Hawaii. He asked this question, and I kind of went at it, not exactly how he asked it, but I had to kind of do it the way that I could. But he was saying that he had a, he said he had a super nerdy question for me. Um, he says, because part of it, you know, was looking at fantasy football and whatnot. And he says there's always an analysis of what players um, – that lead to the most championships. Of course, when it comes to like fantasy football, you draft these players, these types of these players at these positions, you're more likely to win your fantasy championship, blah, blah, blah. But then he wants to take that. He's like, looking at the past five or 10 Super Bowls, was there a common trend in position group rankings that seemed to lead to getting to the Super Bowl? Um, he's saying, for example, being something in the, um, top 15 running back group or top 10 receiving group or things of that nature. Well, I didn't look at it from a fantasy standpoint um, there because what, just to finish up his question, he says, because you know, they talk about being better at running the ball, but how, what kind of things do they do? Um, do you need to be a top five team in running the ball? Top 15. Does that even matter? This was some of his questions here. So I'm kind of looking at it as like, is there a magic number? Is there a magic stat, a magic position group or something that helps lead to the Super Bowl? And that that's a good question. You're like, wow, if, if you get, well, I mean, obviously what you need to do is win all your playoff games. Uh, there you go. We've uh, question answered. Let's move on. Uh, no, I mean, obviously it comes down to winning games, but Rather than break it down by, oh, how are you at this position group? Because to rank that position group, a lot of times is is not, you know, it's kind of subjective where you're just kind of, I like to base it on the numbers. So here's what I did. I looked at seven key offensive snap stats and seven key defensive stats, very similar stats, just so you know, from one way or the other. And I looked at the last Four Super Bowls. Now, you're probably saying, why'd you go the last four? Well, because where I was able to, to find all these numbers in one place only went back four. That's why. So what I did was I went back four to see if I could find a trend and then see if I could apply that trend to other Super Bowls to say, is there kind of a magic, magic number, magic thing to say about getting there? 
I didn't even look at who was winning. I was just looking at the two teams that made the Super Bowl. So, Bryce, I want to thank you for your question. We're going to dive into this a little bit. But rather than look at his position group, I'm going to look at it kind of as a stat group. For example, here's the offensive stats that I looked at. I looked at points scored, yards gained, passing yards, rushing yards, total touchdowns, offensive turnovers, and being sacked on offense. Okay. Um, and, and where teams ranked in the NFL during the regular season for those. Then for defense, I turned around and I did points given up, yards given up. Okay. Um, sacks got turnovers, in other words, takeaways, passing yards, rushing yards, and touchdowns. So in other words, the exact same stats, but from a defensive perspective. And then I, I looked at those as, as the main categories. Now, I know you can get into some other obscure numbers that you could really try to break down these things that they're, that, that they're doing, but I don't want just obscure numbers. I want numbers that, you know, regular fans can, can quantify. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I do people really want to look at, okay, let's look at adjusted air yards per attempt and thing and things like that. Now, I know some people, if you're tuning in here, you might be one of those people that you're all geeked out by something like that. And I understand. But I, those are a little bit more difficult to come by. And I, I, I just just say it. Sometimes, like Jeff Hartman says, his brain hurts after listening, listening to this podcast. I don't want to hurt your brain. So I was trying to keep it to more of some basic stats. I feel like those are some pretty good basic stats, but they kind of tell you where your team's going. Then I wanted to say, okay, the two teams that made the Super Bowl, how many of these categories did they end up in the top five? Okay. And here's what's interesting. Kansas City, they ended up in the top five in four of the seven offensive categories and none on defense. In fact, the best they did with any of them on defense was top 10, and that was in points and in takeaways. You know, they, they, were, they were down the list with everything else. When you look at Tampa Bay, they also were the top five of four offensive categories, and they were in the top five in three of the seven defensive categories. Hmm, that's interesting. So let's go back and look at the year before. Hey, what do you know? Kansas City, they were in the top five in four of the categories. San Francisco was in the top five of the um, um, or top five of four of the seven offensive categories. Hmm. And on defense, Kansas City was in the top five in none, and San Francisco was in the top five in three. So that's interesting. So Kansas City was very consistent with how many times they ended up in the top five. You know, four times on offense, none on defense. But one Super Bowl they won, one Super Bowl they lost. You go back a year earlier. And New England, they're the top five and four of those categories on offense and one on defense. They took on the Los Angeles Rams that were in the top five and five of those categories on offense and one on defense. To go back to one more Super Bowl, just to throw that out there, New England versus Philadelphia. New England was top, top five and four of them. And on offense and two on defense. And Philadelphia was top five and three on offense, but four on defense. So that's just kind of interesting thing, things to look at. And I know which categories you're in the you're in the top five and everything matter a whole bunch, but it was really interesting because some of the numbers that jumped out at me when I looked at this, just to kind of give you an overall glimpse of this, 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl this past year. They were 28th in the NFL in rushing. 28th in rushing. So to say, you got to have that running game. Now, did they get the running game going when they needed it? Absolutely. They got it going in the postseason and in the Super Bowl when they needed it. But still, during the regular season, they were 28th in rushing. Kansas City was only 16th. The year before, San Francisco was second in the, in the league in rushing. So, yeah, that was really good. Kansas City won the Super Bowl. They were 23rd. They were 23rd. Now, the year before that with New England and, and the Rams, um, the Rams were third and New England was fifth in rushing yards for, on the season. So that was a year that rushing really mattered. Um, the year before that, New England was 10th and Philly was third. So sometimes it matters. Sometimes it doesn't. It's almost like there really isn't a magic number to get to the Super Bowl. Even when you look at the defense, I would just look at overall um, with some of these trends. And I'll explain the defense here in a minute. I did find something very interesting that I wanted to see was a trend. When it came to teams that made the Super Bowl, there was three categories where teams were constantly scoring high, meaning top six or top seven in the NFL. And those were out of all out of the last four Super Bowls, those eight teams, when it came to points scored, the lowest any of them was was sixth. And that was Kansas City this year. They were sixth in the NFL in points scored. Okay. Other than that, that's the only time a team was out of the top five in the last four Super Bowls in points scored. Another one that was there, that was that that was up there, was yards. Seventh or higher in the league. Offensive yards gained for the season. Everyone was seventh or higher in the last four Super Bowls. Tampa Bay was seventh this past year, and Philadelphia was seventh in 2017. Then the one last category where a lot of them was up there, touchdown scored. Touchdown scored. Top seven or higher, everybody, with the worst one being seventh in the league by New England uh, two seasons ago. So those were the three categories where there was – always were always like seven or higher. Like for example, passing yards. Um, a couple of teams were 13th in passing yards, not a big deal. Rushing yards, you had them in, in the twenties that I already went over. Um, turning the ball over, my goodness, San Francisco was 28th in the NFL in turnovers and still made it to the Super Bowl um, in 2019. And then even with sacks, there was there are several teams in the double digits, 12, 13, 16, with their ranking in how often they give up sacks. So those weren't things that were overall telling. When it came to the defense, my goodness, there was, I think, the only one, I don't even think there was one, the lowest one. If you go down the entire category and look at how these teams were ranked in the NFL, and you look at their worst ranking out of all those teams, the best of those worst rankings, if you know what I mean, was 18th, and that was in touchdowns surrendered, meaning that I could say, oh, well, everyone was ranked 18th or better. Well, that doesn't really tell you anything because, for example, points surrendered. The Rams two years ago were 20th in points surrendered. When you're talking about yards surrendered, uh, New England that same year was 21st, but that's not even the worst one. New England the year before was 29th in the NFL in yards surrendered. Okay? When, you, when you're looking at 
sacks is in getting to the quarterback. New England was 30th two years ago, and yet they won the Super Bowl. Uh, when you look at look at uh, takeaways, the year before that, when they played when, when they played Philadelphia, New England had twenty. They were twenty fifth in the NFL in takeaways, and that same years same year they were thirtieth in the NFL in passing yards given up. And then last year, Kansas City was twenty sixth in the NFL with rushing yards given up. So you're looking at all these defensive numbers, and they are all over the place. And what's crazy is there's not a lot of teams that make the Super Bowl that are in, that are top five in the NFL in multiple defensive categories. And there's teams that make the Super Bowl with none, where they're not top five in anything on defense. So as much as they say, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships, which was a saying that they would say, like when I was in high school when they were trying to say, oh, we'll play good defense. Um it's it's these offensive categories that are that are through the roof. So what I did was I went through and I, and I looked at it and I said, okay, well, how many of these teams were in the top six in points and top seven in yards gained and top seven in touchdowns scored over these last several years? Well, I went through and there were multiple teams. It wasn't like these were the only two teams that did that, but they were the only teams that did it. If they didn't do it, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So let's say, for example, teams that were in the in the top top six in points and top seven in both yards and touchdowns this past season was Kansas City, Tennessee, Tampa, Buffalo, and Green Bay. So if you look at those five teams, that's that's the four teams in your in your conference championship games. So in other words, being in the top of those three offensive categories really meant something this past year. You go back to 2019, there was there was, it was interesting because it was Baltimore, San Francisco, Tampa, Kansas City, and Dallas. So you got the two teams in the Super Bowl, Kansas City and San Francisco. Then you had Baltimore, who was the one seed going in but got bounced in their first game. Then you have two teams of Tampa and Dallas, which didn't make the postseason. So that's another thing you got to do. You've got to be the top of these things, and you've got to get in the postseason. 2018, the teams were um, Kansas City, the Rams, New England, and Indy, and Pittsburgh. The Steelers were were in that group, top sixth in points, seventh in yards, seventh in touchdowns scored, but they didn't make the postseason. They were they were nine, six, and one, and did not make the postseason. So, and if you remember back to that 2018 season. That was a team that people were saying, hey, this if the Steelers get in, they could be very dangerous, which was true. They just didn't get in. And, I mean, the only game they lost down the stretch, you know, thinking about it, I mean, of their, of their last three games, because I can't remember the one before, I'm pretty sure in their last three, they lost to New Orleans, who was a very – I'm thinking they were the – who was the one seed in the NFC. So they were a dangerous team. They just messed up too much where they didn't get there. Um, looking at 2017, it was it was Philadelphia, New Orleans, New England, and Jacksonville were were the four teams that did it. Pittsburgh did it in two of the three categories. They didn't get there in points scored as they didn't get the top six. They were eighth. So you know you, you got those those four teams, and two of them made the Super Bowl. And Jacksonville is was the one team who 
made it further than Pittsburgh because they were in that category. So I'm like, maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe I'm onto something. I'm like, let's see if this works. Let's keep going back. Let's go to 2016. Let's look at teams that were in the top six in points, top seven in yards, and top seven in touchdowns. Because it seems like it doesn't matter if you're strong with passing or rushing. You're better off being a little bit more balanced. You don't have to be the number one passing team or the number one rushing team. You just want to have more balance between them. You're better off having more total yards than breaking it down one way or the other. So, so that's why this is really coming into play. And in 2016, what do you know? It worked because Atlanta, New Orleans, New England, and Dallas all fit, in a, fit into that, cate- that category, and the Super Bowl was Atlanta and New England. Now, New Orleans didn't even make the playoffs. Okay, so I'm like, I'm on to something here. I got this. Let's keep going. I get to 2015, and I got nothing. <laughs> because who wins the Super Bowl in 2015? The Denver Broncos, who were 20th in touchdowns, 16th in yards, and 19th in points. But what were they? They were way up there in a bunch of defensive categories. So, in other words, the trend is – the offense is what you really need to get you there. But if you have that good of a defense and your offense manages, I mean, think about that. We all know what happened that year with Peyton Manning. He was just managing the team in order to have that good defense go win the Super Bowl. Um, and the other team that made the Super Bowl was Carolina. And they only were there for two for in, in two of the categories. So it wasn't with them. But the two teams that they played in the in the conference championship games, New England and Arizona. If you go by this strategy, they should have been the two teams in the Super Bowl because they both fit into that into that category. So I kind of stopped it there because I realized it just doesn't fit. Because you know why? There's not a magic number. There's not some magic number out there that's going to help you win the Super Bowl. But this does give you a pretty good indication. It's not about rushing yards. It's not about passing yards. It's about yards. It's about scoring points, mainly by getting in the end zone, by scoring touchdowns. And it's by gaining yards. That's your best. That's really your best bet. But honestly, my answer to that is, yeah, not surprised. No, no big shocker there. So unfortunately, there is no magic number um, to make it to the Super Bowl. I had another theory with this that I tested out that will hit at the beginning of the second half here. And then I'll do the other the other question that was asked um, to, to finish up the show. So stick around. We've got a quick commercial break. And then I'll be right back to answer another question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, with the second half of Steeler Stat Geek. I am Dave Schofield coming at you. Just figured out not really a magic number to get to the Super Bowl. It's not an exact science. You can't quantitatively say, oh, well, if you do this, you're going to, you know, you can't, you can 
see that there's some trends, but there's always going to be exceptions to those because it was one other thing I thought about. And it goes back to something that I said on the Steelers preview when the Pittsburgh Steelers were sitting, uh, they were right around six and out at the time, I would say, because I remember saying, Hey, this is great that they won their first six games of the season, but this is just setting them up to be there at the end. What's more important would be as if they win their last six games of the season, meaning how are you playing when you're going into the postseason? And I got, and I, I thought, you know, maybe I'll check that out real quick. Maybe it's all about the last quarter of the season, how teams are playing when they get there, the, the teams that made it to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I have a feeling that, that you've got to win at least three or four games down the stretch in order to, in order to get, to get there because you've got to be playing well at the end of the season. So I was looking at that and Hey, what do you know? That was true in 2020 because the chiefs went three and one and the Buccaneers went four and oh in the final quarter of the season. All right. Look, same thing the next season, four and oh chiefs, three and one San Francisco. Um, oh, and just so you know, the chiefs this past year, they rested their players the final week of the season. And, and that's, why probably the biggest reason they didn't end up 4-0. Then I go to the next year with uh, New England and the Rams. Uh, there it is. Both of them went 2-2 two and two down the stretch. Um, so it wasn't like they were on the biggest roll when they went into the postseason. Bounced back the next year with New England and Philadelphia. They were both 3-1. and one. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should keep going. In 2016, both Atlanta and New, and New England, 4-0, rolling into the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. 2015. Carolina was three and one, but the Denver Broncos were two and two. I mean, what happened with Denver winning that Super Bowl? Everything that I'm looking at is telling you that shouldn't have been their year, but yet it ended up being their year. Okay. But I also know they were dealing with some injuries and then they got people healthy at the right time, stuff like that. I kept going to say, well, you've got to win at least two games rolling into the, rolling into the, the, the playoffs. You've got to go at least two and two over the last quarter. If you're going to get all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, how far back do I have to go to find someone who didn't? Okay, 2014. Yep, they both they both did. They were three one New England, four in Seattle. 2013. Okay, um, that was Seattle. I couldn't read my writing. They were two and two. It's not good, but and and then and Denver was three and one. 2012. There you go. Baltimore Ravens were one and three in the last quarter of the season. They had lost four of their last five going into the postseason and then went on that run to win the Super Bowl. So that just goes to show it's better to be playing well at the end of the season, but not necessarily exactly what has to be done. All right, let's get to this other question here real quick. It's it's not quite as, as long as involved as the first one was. So, and this has to, this one came from Twitter. This is from Rob Chapman. He asked me the question. He says, um, as we're in cap trouble, can you look at the Steelers cap hit by position and how it compares with teams with a good cap number? Okay, is it mostly bad? Well, what I basically did was let's look at where the Steelers are by position real quick and to see what's putting them where they are. And I also looked at how they finished up 2020 just for comparison's sake. So obviously, yeah, the biggest problem is the quarterback position. The Steelers right now are are spending the most money at the quarterback position towards the salary cap for 2021 as we speak in the middle of February. For the last season, they were ninth. Now they were first last year too, until they did the restructure with Roethlisberger, and then other deals were signed and things changed and it changed things around and drop them the ninth. You're like, man, how in the world do they do that? Well, it's very simple. And running back right now, 
they're 32nd. During the season last year, they were 31st. So spending not much on running back. We know this. They don't sign. They they draft, draft them constantly and use guys on rookie deals. Same with wide receiver. 31st right now, 31st last season. Now here's a number that's really interesting. That, that uh, And I'm getting these numbers from overthecap.com, just so you know where, where these are coming from. Because right now they have the Steelers spending the most cap space at tight end. And there's a problem with that. And I had to dive into this for a while because it did make sense. Well, first of all, I knew that it was that they had, they, they still have Vance McDonald on the books at over the cap. So I knew that was part of it. So that's going to change that immensely. Oh, and the Steelers were 15th in the NFL last year in, in tight end salary. So that's going, to, that's going to drop some of it. I mean, there's some dead money with this contract, but they're also going to save some money with it. But I also looked at it. They, had, they have seven tight ends for the Steelers right now, um, according to over the cap. But for some reason, they have Jalen Samuels and, and Trey Edmonds as tight ends. No idea why. Um, but even with them, they had seven tight ends. So you take them and McDonald off, the Steelers still have four tight ends on the roster, but three of them are, are you know, more of the practice squad level guys. Uh, I mean, Zach Gentry, he's, he was on the team, but he was he was injured last season. You got Dax Raymond, you got uh, Kevin Rader, and you got, uh, I can't remember, Charles, can't remember the last name. He was on the practice squad to finish the year with the Steelers, and, and he's on the, he's right now. And the offensive line, they're 17th. This is still with Marquise Bouncy. Um, and they were 17th last season. So that'll come down a little bit with Pouncey, you know, unless they sign some free agents. So, but overall, the Steelers are 12th in the NFL with their, with their sal- um, on the just looking at just offense when it comes to the, how, how much you're spending on offense. They're 12th. They were 23rd during the last season. Now you're like, well, why does it drop down so much? It's mainly that running back wide receiver is what it is. So of course, you know that you know that McDonald's going to be coming off um, and what the Steelers do at tight end. But then the other thing, we know that that number is going to change with Ben Roethlisberger. They just can't go into this season with a $41.25 million salary cap hit. They're, they're taking $22.25 million no matter what. It's what are they going to do with the other 19? So – Here's where it gets interesting. Where the Steelers are actually spending more is on the defense. Okay, right now, when it comes to the defensive line, they're fourth in the league in spending. Last season, they were second. Okay, edge rusher. Right now, this is the low one, one of the low ones. They're 23rd in the league at this moment. They were 15th last season. That's the difference in Bud Dupree not being there anymore. Linebackers, 16th right now, and that's what they were last season. Um, Safety, 23rd. That's what they were last season. Why is that? Because their two starting safeties are both on rookie deals. And then last but not least, definitely not least, cornerback. Right now the Steelers are third in the NFL with how much money they're spending on cornerbacks. They were eighth um, last season. So that's third in the league right now, and that's without Hilton and Sutton on the books. And the defense overall is seventh in the NFL. Um which is what they were last season. So part of the reason they're up there with this is one, it's the quarterback, but two, they're trying to keep this defense intact. So there's a lot of things to do. And now I, I still think you're looking at restructures of Hayward and to to save 
probably more than $10 million. You're looking at probably, I would extend both corners if it was me, both Hayden and um, Nelson. And I would extend Nelson longer because, you know, he's younger and that's going to save some money the way you can do that. And then you can actually shore up these positions more, but that's where the Steelers stand by position when it comes to the salary cap. So yes, right now it's that big quarterback number. What's crazy is if you were to look at 2022, no joke. If you look at, if you were to look at 2022 and the positional spending at quarterback, the Pittsburgh Steelers are tied for last with zero. They don't have any quarterback right now that is set to be on the team in 2022 with their salary. So we know that's going to change. Um, I know some people are like, well, what about Haskins? Well, that would be, he would be, um, I, I think he's a rest- he'd be a restricted free agent the following season. So that problem that they're having in 2021 they don't have it in 2022, but they might use so they might use some of that to help make it better now in 2021. So that's the salary cap part of the part that we were looking at here. The, that question. I want to thank both people for their questions that I was able to ask. Thank you, Rob, for the salary cap one, and then of uh, then of course, um, thank you, Bryce from Hawaii, um, for for your question that we got going there. I I hope. I might not have gone exactly in the direction both of these questions asked. I just kind of went in a way that I thought the information would be interesting to everyone. So make sure you are tuning in to all of our our, our whole audio line of, of podcasts. We've got the audio shows. Obviously, you're listening to one of them right now. We've got the live YouTube slash Facebook shows that also end up in audio. We're still bringing you the content all off season long. We're coming up with a new new league year. We are now less than a month away, less than four weeks away from when that's going to start. And then before you know it, we're into the NFL draft, and we're turning around and we're and we're looking at the teams getting together, shaping their roster. Then you'll kind of have that six weeks of nothing where everyone takes off until they come back for training camp. I know we're dealing with the winter time, but when you look at it in stages, it's all coming, and we're going to be here behind the steel curtain, continuing to bring you the content. So. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you check out the website. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out with me.